In the last um, few weeks, we've been digging in Ephesians, been talking about putting on the armor of God. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go online, go to YouTube, go to Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to music, listen to the podcast, watch the video, and move forward. We talked about the helmet of salvation. And we talked about how that helmet, if you don't have your helmet on, nothing else is going to matter. You could have the best, strongest outfit in the world on. If you lose your head, you lose everything. And I'm telling you, the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. He's trying so hard. And, and these practical things that God's trying to say in his word, he's trying to get something across. Is it stuff we've heard before? Absolutely. The truth don't change. Sometimes we need a good, good reminder about his faithfulness and about what we need to do. That what we're dealing with out in the world. And the reality is there's a spiritual battle. There's an enemy that wants to destroy you. There really is. And you have to choose to stand up and put your armor on. And it, I, I think you just got to get past the point of, man, this is a good sermon. Man, that was a good word. It's got to get to a point where you sit down and say, oh, no, devil, you just messed up. I got to get my shoes on. Oh, heck no. I got to put on my belt. I got to get my breastplate right. You done mess up. Give me my shield. I got to put my helmet on. Where's my sword? Now you done made me mad. But we got to get to that place in our personal life where I'm done. I'm tired of it. You got to get tired of it. Because if you're not tired of it, guess what? You're just the devil's playground. But you've got to put it on like you're mad and you're ready to go. You're ready to take it on. Because you've got to know inside of your soul, there's lots of scriptures. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I think we, we, we play a game where we're just like, oh, that's good. Well, I'm struggling with this. What'd you do? What'd you do about it? What are you going to do about it? Well, I ain't got to put your shoes on. Can't hold your pants up if you ain't got your belt on. I saw a guy walking down the street, and I promise you, he had his belt right here. He was riding his own horse. <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, all you got to do is pull him up past your hind end and tighten the belt. You're good to go, buddy. Walking down the street. Had an imaginary horse. How are you going to win any battle? Or if somebody's trying to get you, you're going to take off? Oh, we got you. That is another statement of God, pop with your pants down. But that's the problem we face for our own personal lives because we just take it lightly like us on the head or this, whatever. And, and when the moment happens, you get caught with your pants down. Oh, hold on, devil, let me get dressed first before I start fighting. No one says daily put this on. You're already ready to fight when you put it on. We're not getting ready. Hey, you guys didn't get ready to win. No, no, no. We're staying ready to win. See, when we get ready, we've already passed the point. Now, you're going to lose when you're trying to get ready. You just stay ready. That's, right. That's why we put it on daily. we got to remind ourselves daily about, about what he said in his word. You going with me? 
I'm, I'm going with you. No, I can't. Just swing it that way. <laughs> I'm going to try not to swing on I, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. Okay, just, just if I accidentally do that. I might need the shorter stool. You might need a helmet. <laughs> okay. Obviously today, and this bad boy, I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's got the Star of David. It's got the, uh, this thing has the, uh, oh gosh, there's the menorah on this. And then there's the Ark of the Covenant. And the, this thing is really cool. Thank you, Mother, for the sword. I'll bring it back. Uh, Someday. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about the sword. And I, I hope you're ready and leaning in on, on what God has to say today about the sword of the, the Spirit. And, and I'll just say this at the gate, that, you know, we're putting on the armor of God. We've got our shoes. We've got the... We got the breastplate, we got the belt of truth, we got the shield of faith, we put on the helmet of salvation, and um, this 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 weapon right here, everything else I just put on is a defensive mechanism. This is your offense right here. It can be defensive in a way, but this is mainly for offense. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Well, it's powerful because before we read the scripture that each each time we've talked about it, we've kind of relayed it to the Roman soldier's yeah. armor. And as I was looking at it, it says that each part of the Roman soldier's armor was strategically made with extreme efficiency for its defensive mechanism, except for the sword. The real strength of the soldier lay in their offensive weapon, which was the sword. The Roman short sword was known for its steel double-edged blade that came to a sharp point and could swiftly cut down the enemy with fatal blows. The sword's design made it easier for the soldier due to its lighter weight and shorter design. It gave them an advantage over their enemy due to the ability to move it more quickly and precisely. This was known as the superior weapon of their time, and the sword would always remain attached to their belt in a sheath and ready to use at any moment. Yeah. The sword. And a lot of times, like with the larger sword, like if I had to pick, I'd pick a big one. But... Because um, you're always go big, go home. Yeah, go big, go home. But... Thank God you didn't do that when you married me, because I'm small. <laughs> You didn't go for anything. <laughs> right? I don't know how to respond to that. Um, but the, sh the shorter sword was more for combat close. It was. It was for hand-to-hand combat. But the larger sword was meant for a distance or, or being up above, which is being on a horse yeah. to come down. Because obviously if you have a shorter one, you're not going to get enough on Reach. somebody. And so... The sword is very vital to uh, the war. Now, today's standards, you know, they, they say you can't bring a knife to a gunfight. The, the, the swords of today are pick, pick which gun you want. And, you know, before all that was happening, this was it. Everybody just ran in and took off on each other and, and destroyed each other with the sword. I guess the only one that did it different was David. He just had some rocks. But, you know, he put Goliath in a concussion, but used Goliath's own sword to cut off his head. 
That's right. And then took Goliath's sword as his own and made it his own. He had no sword. He owned no sword, but he, but he owned the enemy's sword. See, the enemy's got stuff that you need that you don't realize you need. But if you know the sword that's within you, Absolutely. you don't have to worry about the things that are coming at you, yes. outside of you. And Ephesians 6, 17 says, And accept salvation as a helmet, and the word of God as the sword which the Spirit gives you. Accept salvation as a helmet, and the word of God as the sword which the Spirit gives you. If you go into Hebrews 12, 11, it says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where soul and spirit meet, to where joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and the thoughts of the heart. And one of the things that, as I was talking about the Roman sword, one of the things going back to the very beginning when we talked about the belt of truth, that was the very first thing that you put on. But if you realize it, is that the word of God is founded in truth, and the two of them can't be separated. That the soldier, they carry the sword in a sheath on them. So anytime they swing, they're swinging from truth. It's coming out of truth. It's the foundation that the sword is coming out of. The word of God is truth. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, and separate them for yourself and make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. And that's the key. You have to have every aspect of it, but the sword is what, what when you swing the, with the sword, it better be from truth. Yeah. Not from flesh. No. Not from what you want to swing from. No, because you start hurting people when you start swinging out of your flesh. And, and, and this is where people get corrupted with the word of God. Because they want to apply certain scriptures to swing from flesh to try to get to what they're trying to say. And uh, let's just get a prime example real fast. Jesus is on a 40-day fast, and he is tempted by the devil, and the devil is in his flesh, obviously, and swinging with flesh, yeah. the Word of God. Yeah. And he tempts him and says a couple different passages, and then Jesus swings back from truth yeah. and says, you won't do that. I can't do that because this is what the Word says. And I won't do that. Then the last one, he just says, depart from me. I'm done with the games. I'm not going to do it one more time. And, and that's because basically in the end, he was like, why don't you just, you know, just bow down and, and I'll give you whatever you want on this earth. And I, see the enemy, this is, I want to tell you, churches, he's just a counterfeit. He tries to give you stuff you don't own. He tries to give you stuff that's not his. It's all counterfeit. Well, the enemy spoke the word, but he didn't believe the word. Because the enemy does not stand in truth. He's the father of all lies and stands out of lies. So he knew the word and knows it. But when you don't believe the word is truth, then the words are just words. They don't have a full effect. And the only way for the word of God to have full effect in your life is when it's founded, grounded, and believed in as full truth in your life. Not as anything less. And you can't just take parts of the word and make them... Uh, come and adapt to your life. I think a lot of times we pull out that, you know, for the moments and the things we're going through, but we don't take this as the full truth, every bit of it from front to back. You can't just go, I've heard people say, well, the Old Testament was for back then. No, every part of his word is for your life. And it says that in scripture. You can't just pick and choose what applies to 
All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults, and giving instruction for right living so that the person who serves God. Did you, did you hear that? Wait a minute. Say it again. It's useful for teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults, and giving instruction for right living so that the person who serves God, God may be fully qualified and equipped to do every kind of good deed. That's what we have to realize that makes you different from the enemy. Everybody, when you are fighting them, the enemy, yeah, he's dressed in his own armor, but he is not equipped with truth. And he's not equipped with what you have when you choose to stand in the truth and stand on it as truth. Yes, he will try to trip you up with the word of God to make you apply what only works for the moment, just like he was with Jesus. He was wanting to work on Jesus's hunger and the things. Isn't it funny that the enemy tries to use the word against you in your flesh? It said Jesus was man. He came and lived. He was flesh at that moment. So you can't tell me he wasn't hungry. You're 40 days, 40 nights at the very end, and all he's had was water. Somebody throw him a bone. He's hungry. But the thing of it is, is the enemy was trying to tempt him in his flesh. But that's when the power of the spirit, which was the word within him, became more powerful and prevalent in his life, was at his greatest weakness. Is when he began to believe and hold on to the truth even more and fought the enemy with the truth. God, I'm telling you what, the enemy wants to come at you in your time of greatest vulnerability and greatest weakness. But if you are girded up with the truth, if you have the word of God as the sword of your spirit, it can cut down the enemy even in your greatest weakness just by the word. By nothing else. You don't have to swing anything. It's just the word. The word is so good. In the Bible, it's meant to transform us, not just inform us. We feel informed with so many things, but it's meant to transform. We have to allow it to do its job. And sometimes like this, this can be very um, intimidating. I mean, it, it is very heavy, actually. It can get very intimidating. But the word of God, it, 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 it's meant to transform. That's right. And so as you dig in it, you start to understand it. And what used to be intimidating to you is now something you hold on to without intimidation at all. It becomes so second nature to your soul. It's so important that we understand the word of God. We, we talk about the helmet of salvation. We talk about all this stuff. But the, the sword, this is your weapon. This is your weapon. And, and too many times, listen, back a couple years ago when uh, we were starting youth um, in here and over at the building, it, it was, was eye-opening. This, this, this sword, the, the, the word of God, it, it, says, it says in Psalms 119.11, Your word I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That I might not sin against. When we were at the other place, I was like, how many know John 3.16? And maybe two kids, two kids with the background of church, maybe know it. See, back in the day, everybody knew John 3.16, but people forgot about John 3.17. 
we're lucky to even get them to remember John 3.16 today. And I'm not just knocking on the youth. I'm talking about people breathing. That we forget about for God so loved the world that he gave. You see what I'm saying? We forget about that scripture. And if we can't remember it, we won't know what to do with it. We have to get the word. We have to hide it in our heart. See, we, we're, we're blessed. Even though there's some crazy stuff going on in our country. And we can point fingers left and right to left and right. But the reality is, we got to hide the word in our heart. The reality is, we live in a country where today, church, welcome home. You get to come to church. You don't have to get bombarded with people with guns or stupid stuff to even hide around to have church. But in other countries, that happens. Where they're hiding the word. If they find the word, they're going to kill you. People are ripping it up and hiding it in their pockets and little places so they can go back and read it. We take advantage of it. Probably over half the people in this room don't even have a Bible with them today at church. Imagine that. If you don't even have it at church, how are you going to have it at work? Yep. How are you going to have it at anywhere else? How are you going to read it anywhere else? How much dust is on the, on the counter? That's the stuff we got to think about. Like when we got a good Bible or grandma's big white Bible with the weird pages. Like the reality is, is we got to hide it in our heart. And I, don't get me wrong. I got a Bible. My Bible's glowing right now. But I promise you this. When it's all said and done, the power goes out. Let me see how much. 82%. I have 82% left to read that Bible and it's dead. Let me see how much I got left here. Well, I guess as long as I want. Yeah. As long as I want to make time for it. I ain't got time to read today. I've been so busy. Wow. You, you, we, we make time for what's important to us. So if he's saying take up the sword, if, if he's trying to give you a, a, something to fight with, you're like, I have no idea about this. I don't even know what to do with this. He's trying to teach you that you've got to get this word in you. Now listen, there's no excuse. One thing I do know about the cell phone that the Bible app is on, the Bible is everywhere you go. Now it's up to you, obviously, to have it charged. And it's up to you, obviously, to pull it out and use it. But there is some scenarios where you just need to hide the word in your heart because you never know the situation you're going to need it to give to somebody. That's just one side of it. How about the fight? That I gotta remind myself when the enemy comes in like a flood and tries to get trip my mind up or do something to I got to remind myself the word of God and what the word says to the situation I'm dealing with. Name any situation you struggle with, and I promise you this: the answer is in the book. It's up to you. Maybe some people say, you know, I, I struggle the most with depression. In my life, I, depression is always on the border, especially during the holiday season. They say it's the most depressed and thoughts of suicide because of the lack of during the holiday season. So if that is the case for some people, then people need to start putting that word, what the Bible says, get your sword out as, as something you're going to fight with and know what God says about you with that thing you struggle with. Well, the greatest enemy that we face the greatest enemy that you face is not the circumstances you're facing. It's not the person who wronged you. It's not the church that offended you, the finances that were depleted from you, the health that is attacking you, the anxiety that is crippling you, nor the fear that tries to keep you bound. 
The greatest enemy is the enemy of your soul that tries to get you to respond separately from the word of God to all those things. That's the greatest enemy. It's not the things you're facing. Do you understand that you were never meant to separate the word? It was meant to separate you. You were never meant to separate the word. It was meant to separate you. Sin is the fleshly part of our lives. Yeah. This is the part that follows our desires and not the desires of the spirit. Yeah. Look in Hebrews 12, 11. It says it cuts all the way through to where the soul and spirit meet, to where joints and marrow come together. Now, I don't know about you, but the only thing that I know that has a soul as well as joints and marrow are human beings, and that's flesh. I'm not talking about just animals. I'm talking about a soul, about us going and, and allowing God to begin to move into our soul so that our spirits can be revived by him. The word says that it cuts through where spirit meets these things and it literally separates them. Do you know what this means? This is living to the word and dying to the flesh. That's the job of the sword. The sword is meant to separate you. It's meant to cut away fleshly things from you. And that's the problem. That's why we are so struggling, even at this time of the year, is because we give in to the circumstances we are facing. Let me ask you a question. You may not have the money to survive, but you've got the word to make it through your circumstance. But do you use it? You have the greatest gift in front of you to give your children, to give your family. It's the gift of Jesus Christ during the season. We can think about all these other things, but every day you have something in you that is worth living for that separates the way that your flesh can desire to all these circumstances. I'm not saying that you're not going to struggle. I'm not saying that emotionally it does not get tough. I'm not saying that you're not going to get tired when your health is attacking you. That, that's foolishness. We were born with emotions and all those kind of things. God gave them to us, but he gave them to us to be subject to his authority so that we would work by his word in our lives and be connected daily to the truth so that the truth can set you free from the response of your emotions. That's good. That's the key. That's good. That's the goal. Well, it doesn't matter how many scriptures you know. It's about how many scriptures you live. That's the reality. I met somebody that can quote scriptures left and right. I mean, it's pretty impressive. How many of you live in? I mean, I can go, you know, people can go to a play and quote their little, their lines. Are you living out what you're saying? Are you believing what you're saying? Is that sword ready to go? Is that shield ready to go for faith? Is, is your helmet on? Is it the plate on? Is the truth? Is the peak? It, what are you living out? We, got, we can't just say it. we got to live it. we got to get ready and live it. I love what Psalms 119.105 says. It says, the, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I don't know if that should, for you, but that sets me free. Because no matter where I walk, just like it said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What an amazing scripture, but I love what this says. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. So when you've got your armor on and you're living out this life, you've got to let the word of God lead you. 
Let the, let the light of it shine so you can go where you need to. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Follow the word. What's he saying? It's so sad because we base a lot of the stuff on like other people's opinions. Don't get me wrong. We want to get wisdom from people. But why do you search for people's opinions before you go to the Father? Come on. You're always wanting somebody else's approval or opinion before you've got yourself into the word of God and not in prayer. And I don't care if they're spiritual, not spiritual, wealthy. I don't care. Have you personally went to the Father by yourself? One of the greatest things I learned when I was um, in college and learning, uh, I guess, ministry stuff, taking sermon preposition and Old Testament, New Testament and all that stuff. We were going through all those classes and writing sermons and stuff. And one of the instructors said, the best, best thing I can encourage you to do when you're writing sermons and when you're digging for just, you know, hearing from God, he said, buy a Bible that has nothing in it but the word of God. No commentary, no nothing. He said, too many times we get so stuck in what the commentary says to try to justify it for ourselves and try to like get something from that. Like, ooh, that's good. Don't get me wrong. Commentary is great. There's some great advice in there. But what he was saying, before you dig into the other Bible and the study Bible and all those Bibles, just get into the Word and let God unlock something in you first. And then see if it, if it parallels with what the Word says and with what these other things are saying. But let it just unlock with you. We're so comfortable with just other people that we're, we're, we're afraid to just have a moment, let alone, it said, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here's the problem. This is the this is the main ingredient and the problem we face is we, we struggle to give in five minutes. Yeah. We struggle to sit and read for I don't like reading. Reading's not you lie, you lie. Because somehow you're all on social media reading everybody else's diary. Don't say you don't like reading. You read. I like them. Yeah, you do. You read the whole thing and then you read the comments. Like, I can't believe they said that. Don't act like you don't read. The devil is a liar. And that's the point. It's just, what do we do? What do we do with that? Because we've got to get to a place when this is more than just, well, it's a quick deal. I read my, I read my thing. And, and we can get real comfortable with our Bible app real fast. And I can hit this button right here and I can scroll down and daily, daily refresh. You guys get the scripture of the day? It's pretty cool. The glory of the Lord will be revealed and all his people will see it together. Isaiah 40, what is it, 5? Awesome. Right, hold on. I read my Bible today. Just let you know. I'm happy. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that's wrong to have the daily, but are you digging in the Word? Is it transforming your mind? Are we just using that as a scapegoat like you used to do? Remember the little daily prayer you just pull out and you read it and you set it down? It was on mom's calendar. Our, Mom, remember those things? It's called our daily bread. Bread stuff and then you just set it down. I get it. It's a starting point. There's got to be more than that. we got to grow. we got to get off the tatas and start digging in some meat. I hate to say it like that, but there's a point in the Bible where it says that people are going to be on milk long enough, but it's time to eat meat. This thing is full. It's a flaming young, whatever your favorite food is sitting right here. And it's ready for you. Why? Because we are unique in our own way. And God wants to give you something in the word of God that's going to help other people. 
That, how do you go from glory to glory? Is when you read something you've already read before and it gives you new insight on it. And you're like, holy cow. It's because you keep digging and you can't wait to get out of it. The greatest stories ever told. Who cares about Netflix and chill? Who cares about all that stuff you want? I promise you this. This word of God has everything you desire. Everything. All the crazy drama. All the scandalous. All the stuff. I promise it's all hidden in this word. But it will also challenge you. It will also make you better or bitter depending on how you respond. And I promise you, if you hide this thing in your heart and you just keep digging in it, take time. If I can say anything today, make time for it. Yeah. Let it be something that's a part of your life. That you don't just like, well, didn't have, oh, better. No, live it out. Read it. And sometimes if you're, you get... You know, like people say, well, I'm just so busy, but make sure you're reading it. And if you need to substitute on some things, like sometimes, like, I'll get going and I'll read and I'm like, man, i got to cut the grass. And there's times I've had to, and a lot of times I have it because thankful for people that are able to cut it. But guess what? I turn on my Bible app and it reads to me and I, and I have to stop because I'm taking notes because then God starts giving me sermons and all kinds. i got to do whatever I can do to get the Word inside. But please believe, you've got to be intentional on your time with the Father. Yeah. He's got something to say. Everybody has a, a unique print that nobody else has, and he's wanting to do something with your print. So the sword, the word of God, is it's sharp. It does great damage, and it can do great things, and it's there to protect you, but if you don't allow it to protect you, and you don't allow it to use to fight against the enemy, you're going to get swallowed up. And then you're mad at the church. And then you're mad at God. Like, what happened? What happened? But you have all the scripture you need to fight off the enemy. Do you know the name of Jesus shatters the enemy? Do you know if you call on his name, it will make demons bow? Do you know that you can change anything with Jesus? You know, we talk about it. We read about scriptures in the Bible that, that are all about people getting set free and blind eyes and, and ears opening and, and limbs coming up and people that were de uh, demonic that got demons casted out of them. This ain't a fairy tale, church. If we're not seeing it, then what's going on? We've got to get it in the Word. And you have to be strong enough. If you walk into a situation like, oh, I'm not strong enough. I know that person demon possessed. Guess what Jesus is going to do? He's going to cast you out too. Out of the room because of the lack of faith you have. But when you get into his word and you have all these helmets and you have everything on, you walk in with the boldness because greater, again, is he than he that's in the word. The world can't hold me. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, come out. In the name. But you've got to know your word. You've got to know what to say. And you've got to live it. Say the game. Say the game. What's that? We, we, we were watching TV and some preview of a movie of a guy faking, acting like he's doing miracles, like he was Jesus. It's a movie here. come out in theaters. Are you kidding me? This ain't a game. But you've got to live it out. You've got to let it be strong in your life. That sword has to be there. Now, it's not a threat to everybody, like she said, because you get in your flesh and you try, to, you try to point a scripture at somebody. Well, the problem of it is, though, is that our flesh 
desires. If you're living in your flesh, you ask, why don't you go to God first? Well, when you live in your flesh, then your flesh desires a fleshly response. Yeah. You want something that's going to appease and ease the flesh instead of something that's going to challenge you and make you look at things in the way that needs to do or make you look internally to say, hey, maybe the problem isn't everybody else that's around me. Maybe I'm the problem. I'm, I'm maybe the problem. I have something that I need to deal with internally that's causing this to continue to happen in my lifestyle. Because what happens is, in Romans 8, 13, it says, for if you live according to your human nature, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death your sinful actions, Amen. you will live. John 6, 63 says, the Spirit is the one who gives life. Human strength can do nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are from that life-giving Spirit. And the problem of it is, is when we think we know the word and we don't, what happens is we swing out in flesh. We begin to flail around in flesh. When we respond out of the flesh, we end up swinging at the wrong enemy around us, only giving more power to the one who's truly out to destroy us. We're swinging at the wrong things. We are flailing around like children with toy swords, whacking at things that aren't making a bit of a difference because we're too afraid to, to cut the things in here that really need to be separated from the flesh. The sword of the spirit is your supreme weapon because it comes from the God who reigns supreme. It's the only weapon with a true authority to, to defeat the enemy of your soul. It's the only offensive weapon that you are given. It's the only thing that you are given that actually can be used as an offense. Yes, faith in the shield can be used, but most of the time they didn't use their shield unless their sword got knocked out of their hand or something happened. Then they'd use that to batter around and beat on the enemy. But the fact of it is, is that their sword was the greatest offensive weapon. And, I, and God began to speak to me and he said, a true soldier knows the importance of offense and defense. Too many have have lived their lives so much on the defense from an offended lifestyle that they haven't even touched their sword, let alone use it. Because we live our lives as we're offended. I've never seen more people offended in my life. I, somebody might be offended that I said that. <laughs> You're offended that I pointed this. But the, the thing about it is, is that we live on the, uh, the, the offensive, not, not on the offense to fight against what the enemy is doing. We, we are constantly worried about what offends us. That we are so defensive that we don't know how to use our offensive mechanism because we are so living in the flesh than in the spirit because we'd rather respond fleshly to the things that are going on around us. That's where we begin to get in trouble. What good is a sword that sits on a shelf? Looks nice. What good is it? What good is a sword that's only good when it's plugged in? What good is it? What good is a sword that just sits there? What do you do when the enemy attacks you and you haven't even trained yourself in how to use your offensive mechanism? What do you do? What good are you in battle? I'm going to tell you right now, as we get into this and things that are darker, I'm sorry, but I want to pick one standing next to me to know their sword and know how to use it because I know that they got my back and I got 
because of fleshly, but because of word to fight. Maybe when I feel weak, that you've got my back to say, but the word of God says. I don't need a friend that's going to sit there and tell me, oh, you're right, they shouldn't have said this. No, I need somebody to look at me and say, get up. God's word says this. You're better than that. Quit your crying and let's go. It's just like when they were holding up Moses' arms to win the battle. I mean, they could have been like, I'm just tired. Why do I have to hold his arms? Can't you hold his arms? I mean, his armpits stink. My God. <laughs> like, they probably did it for real. But the reality is, is nobody was complaining. And like she said, those are the type that you want in your corner when it all starts going down. Because you've got to get in the word. The problem is, is the enemy knows where you're weak at. And then what happens is, is you, you've either stripped off the armor or you didn't put it on at all because you respond in your flesh. And the word of God has the answer. I, I say this when people come to me at times and they're struggling with stuff and a lot going on. And I, I always ask this first question. Have you been in the word lately? Because it says that it will renew your mind. Have you been in the word lately? I'm not saying that what you're dealing with isn't valid. It, it, it isn't important. It's just how you're going to handle it with the Word of God. I'm not saying you're not going to have problems. I'm just saying if you get a hold of the Word of God, problems aren't going to have you. Well, and people can come to you and say, hey, what? And, and listen, God has given pastors all over the world to help guide and build sheep. But, but can I tell you this? If you come to me asking me for an answer to your problem, guess what I have to seek first before I give you an answer? So guess what you should seek first before you come to me asking for the answer. So maybe what I have to say can confirm what God's already spoken. Yeah. This, this is your answer. I, I'm flesh. So guess what? This has to separate me. This has to separate him from our fleshly responses and the things that we want to say. But when we seek in it, then out of our mouth can begin to come spirit. Out of your lives can begin to flow spirit. That's what begins to reign supreme in your life. You have to use your own sword. Yeah. When, uh, I can tell you one thing. Anybody in this church that is of staff, I'm telling you right now, they would probably tell you, I will fight with you, but you can't have my sword. Because I have to swing when I need to. So pick up yours and we'll fight together. We'll do this together. This is the job. What good is an army that faces an enemy when only one person brings their sword? And then all the weight is dependent on the one person on the battlefield because, well, what happened? Well, I didn't bring mine. I well, I think I left mine at home. I'm not prepared. I forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. I slept in. What? We're in a battle. Where's your sword? This should be on you. This should be in here. Constantly with you. This is the one thing you shouldn't forget. This is the one thing you shouldn't leave behind. And I'm not talking like you got to carry it around in your back pocket all the time and just pull it out. No, what I'm talking about is because you spend your time, dedicating time daily to this, that it's right in here so that it just comes out. Yeah. Well, I think that what you said with having one with the sword and everybody's unprepared. This is the problem we face across American churches that people come in and the pastor's trying to deliver a message and nobody else is on board with it. Bless me if you can, but where's everybody else at? And, and digging in and, and getting locked in with the word of God and, and, and doing their part in the word of God. 
You see what I'm saying? We all have those moments. Not everywhere, I can't go everywhere with you. But the reality is, Jesus Christ can. And wherever you go, it will help you. And he will help you. But you've got to get in the word. It's just not like, okay, the guy up here is speaking. He's got the sword. Let's go. Well, even and then everybody's know. like, I don't, well, hold on. I don't, I, didn't, I don't have the right clothes on. Well, how many possibly even came in? We all know we've been speaking about the armor of God. Okay? We, this is six, six weeks of it. And we had actually two weeks in between for what happened with the empty space. Well, one week with empty space. In between the that, we all worked together with the armor of God. But the fact of it is, where are the... I'm not saying you haven't, so please don't get offended, okay? Because I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to say, what is happening to the people who are hungry enough to say, oh my Lord, our church is speaking about the, the armor of God, and I need to be digging in that, so when I come in, that my heart's already overwhelmed, because I know this week we're talking about the sword. And so this week, I want to be prepared and ready so that when I come in, Do you know 
you the ability to overcome that? This right here. This has every answer for every problem you are facing right now. Not Google, not everybody else that's in this world. This has the answer for you to make it out of everything that you are facing. And I am telling you what, no, no pun on anything because the movie came out, but I'm, I'm being serious. Welcome to the Hunger Games. And, and we laugh, but you have an enemy that's hungrier than you. Mm. Are you hungry to survive? Are you hungry to make it? Are you hungry to look for your greatest weapon and be able to use it and know how to use it properly? Yeah. Not just swing it around because I got a sword. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The, I guarantee those Roman soldiers went through intense training to learn how to use their sword. Yep. Intense training to learn how to use it. Do you know it takes intense training in this to know how to use it? Well, people ask, like, well, I just don't know where to begin. And, and some people try to read it like a book from front to back. And some people have read the Bible, the whole Bible. And, and that's cool, but it's a, it's a map. You're gonna go. You're gonna go up over here. You're gonna jump over here. You're gonna jump back over here. Stuff's gonna get fulfilled from over here back over to here. And it's simple on some things. If you come to church and you're just like, "And where do I go?" What, read what we've been talking about. Dig into that. Start there. Or start with John. Talk about the love of God. The, the reality of the sword. He says, "You have the sword. Okay, I have it. Now, what do I do with it? Just having it's not gonna do anything." It could just sit just like this was sitting on the wall on a, on a nice mount that's been sitting on this really nice mount. What are we going to do with that? What do we do with that? The reality is, is we have to read it. I mean, it seems so simple, but you don't understand that there's so many people that don't take the time to read their word. But they've read everything else about everything else. They've taken the time to search for everything else about what they need to get on Amazon and on Sheen and whatever and all that, trying to get all their stuff ready for Christmas. But have you taken time to understand or even talk to your children about what Christmas was all about in the Bible? Taking the time to read and mark in it and put some highlights in it. And don't, don't forsake the Bible because I'm telling you, it has everything. You want to know something crazy? All the wars in the world revolve around this. The answers are in the Word. John 1, 5. 1, 1 through 5. It says the Word was first. The Word was present to God. And God present to the Word. The Word was God. And readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into be existence uh, without Him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by, and the life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness could not put it out. Christ dwells within your soul. You call Jesus Christ Lord of all, Savior, sits in your heart, sits in your soul. Then the life light should blaze. Your life light needs to shine. 
The only way that's going to shine is if you get in the Word and start activating it. Hiding that Word in your heart. Talking about it. I read something about the Roman soldier's armor that hit me. It says, while the other pieces of armor that were to have considered were necessary to protect the soldier from the enemy's attacks, those pieces could not kill the enemy. Only the sword could do that. The soldier without a sword wouldn't last a minute if the enemy got close enough for hand-to-hand -hand combat. The person who allows the enemy to come in close quarters without knowledge or use of the word of God automatically leaves themselves open to the fatal blows of the enemy. The only thing that can kill the enemy, and you're like, we're talking about killing. Yes, I'm talking about dying to the flesh. I'm talking about killing the enemy of your soul, which is your flesh that corrupts you to move in sinful desires and sinful nature. And that has to die. Well, that has to be separated from you. It all starts at home. It, it I mean, starts think about, moving. Think about this at home. Let's keep it simple. If you've got kids at home, what's going on at home? What are your kids doing? What's going on in their mind? Are they struggling? Are they dealing with stuff? What are you doing about it? Are you setting the example? Are you taking the lead? What's going on in the house? Because I'm telling you right now, if something's happening in my house, you best believe I'm getting dressed for it. Well, it's funny that you say that. You're lucky. We're going to just let some kind of thief just walk in your house while you're sitting there and just take what they want? Are you going to get mad enough and say, heck no, get out? But that's right. But if you're not disciplined, exactly. because it says again, be sober, be well balanced, be self-disciplined. That's 1 Peter 5 eight. But if you're not disciplined by the word, you lack self-discipline and balance in your life, and it makes you an easy target. Mm. If you're tired of the enemy fighting you in your life, quit leaving yourself open to attack. Use your offensive mechanism. Now, just like we talked about, your faith should cause the enemy to want to come after you. But the fact of it is, is he should be scared to get too close to you because he knows that you're going to deliver a fatal blow. The only reason the enemy Start, start, 
Ephesians, what we've been talking about. Put on the fullness and, and read through that whole thing. But spend more time than what I, well, well, I read your sermon or I listened to it. That's fine. But dig in, take notes, and dig, lean into it. And I encourage you, like, if you have a Bible, bring it to church. But why are we afraid that we bear, I don't know, is it just me? Or do you rarely see Bibles anymore? Seriously. Not just in church. I mean, there's times where people put Bibles in church, like, turn to page 843. I'm, I'm glad that that happens, but when are we going to start doing this stuff? Where the Word of God is with us. That at, maybe at your lunch break, you're not afraid to whip out your Bible and just read it. Who cares what people think? Teenager, kid, adult, anybody. Who cares? Because you're always going to have noise. There's always going to be noise. He gives you something. And what's crazy is he says, take up the shield, and then he says, put on the helmet and pick up the sword. He's saying, put your armor on. Now, what's crazy about this is he didn't choose and pick like, hey, Sharon, except you, okay? Except you. Put your, pick up your sword, except Sharon. He didn't exclude anybody. He just said, pick it up. That means everybody. And be ready to stand. But how do you know how to handle that? It's because you've got to get in the Word. Because the Word's going to transform your mind. It's going to renew it. It's going to, it's going to do something to you when, when fear tries to grip you and you're just like, oh, I don't even know how to handle this situation. What's the Bible say? Man, I'm sick of my, I'm sick real bad. What's the Word of God say? Man, I'm struggling with my finances. What's the Word say? Man, the enemy keeps attacking me. What's the Word say? And what have you opened up to allow him in? Well, my kids are, what's the word of God say? And even at that level, there's no excuse. I can say, hey, Google, or hey, Siri, or hey, whatever, and ask, what scriptures deal with this? And guess what? It will give you a list of scriptures that deal with whatever you're facing. That's why I think we should be more concerned and more alert to what's going on now, because... The word is available everywhere. It's at our fingertips. And the problem of it is, is that we don't use it. You know that saying, use it or lose it. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. I mean, how and many, sorry, how many, this, this is, yes. in our house, throughout the house, we got nice decorations. It's, it's Christmas time. We have like scriptures on the wall. Some are in the kitchen and some are down the hall. And anybody else have houses that have like some kind of nice decorative scriptures on the wall? See, where, where the problem lies is we like these things, they look good for the wall, but we live in these things that we keep walking past every day. Do we apply what we are putting on our walls that are like life? These are great life scriptures. It says it right here. It says it in the sword. Sorry. It says in James 1.22, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Yeah. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror and walk away and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. 
And this is what God said to me. He said, those who live by the sword are okay to die by the sword. The truth is that the sword of the Spirit gives us life. Those whose lives truly allow the Word of God to reflect in their lives, the truth will in turn apply to their lives, killing off the flesh so that it, it won't easily distract them or destroy them. In turn, the reflection of the Word within them will now have the ability to be properly used in the world around them. God gave us the sword to demolish the lives of the enemy and display the truth to the world around us. When you commit to living by the sword of the Spirit, you're not afraid to die by it. Because flesh cannot be easily offended if it's no longer in control. I will choose, I will choose to live and die by the sword of the Spirit in my life. But it's up to you to choose to allow it. Because the, the Word of God transforms you from the inside out. That's right. I remember we were working at something a while back. And we were just talking and being a part. And then somebody else was working. And they was just talking crazy. I'm talking, I mean, just F-bombing and all kinds of dirty stuff. And I was at the point, I'm like, I'm over this. Like, I, we can't have this. And the next day, we're talking, we were just talking about worship and what we're doing. And this guy overhears us that was talking so crazy. And he's like, yeah, well, that's cool. You guys do that? He's like, yeah, I'm the lead guitar at my church. And I know my face had to say about 20 things. Because I was thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to, uh, and he's named it, and he said all that he had to say. And I'm just sitting there thinking, are you that delusional? Like, is it just a position for you? That you could say it because you could play it, but not live it out? Like, I was shocked. And finally had a, somewhat of a conversation, because you got to do that wisely, because if not, I can start swinging. Yeah. Look at you. You're a hypocrite. But you got to be very wise, because you have no idea. And, and that's where the love of God comes in. As you read the word, he gives you this like, okay, now. He <laughs> gives you that jump so you can jump right into it. But if you jump on your own because you're mad, well, you're, you're no different than he is, just in a different way. So you've got to get the word deep in your soul, and you've got to live this. I want to read you this, uh, I guess you would say declaration. I guess a creed. Stand with me. I want to read something that we wrote down. And something to think about. It says this. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I'm a victor, not a victim. I will take authority over the enemy. I am blessed because of who I am in Christ. God is my father and I walk by faith. My companions are mercy and grace and they shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's something you've got to get in your soul. This sword, this is not just the Bible like, oh, oh, mom bought me a Bible and it has the date of Christmas and it was this and that was a great moment. You've got to live by this. This thing needs to be worn out, stressed out because you keep getting inside of it. You 
You've got to declare over your life daily. This word that I'm trying to hide in my heart, it's God's holy word. I'm what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I'm a victor. I'm not a victim. I'm tired of being a victim. I'm not a victim anymore. I will take authority over the enemy. I am blessed because of who I am in Christ. God is my Father. I will walk by faith. My companions are mercy and they are grace. And I shall follow him all the days of my life and dwell in his house forever. But see, that sounds good. But you've got to live it. You've got to declare it and make it a creed of your life. I choose Christ. And this is what I'm going to do with it. This I take and I, and I hold this tight. Because again, like I said at the beginning, we take this for granted because too many people around the world can't even get a page of this. And we just sit around with it like it's no big deal. The fact of the matter is, again, is that, number one, the choice is yours to pick up your own sword. Choice is yours to put on your own armor, not anybody else's. You've been given it through the word to tell you exactly what you need to do. Now what you do with it is up to you. If you choose to put on your armor, that's great. But what do you do to fight the enemy from now on that's coming against your soul? You have to pick up your sword. And you can't go around looking at everybody else. I can't look at you and be like, did you pick up your sword? Are you going to get it? Are you going to pick it up? Are you going to? No, guess what? That's, that's not my responsibility. Now, in my home, to my children, until they are at an age to be an adult, to make their own choices and decisions, guess what? I will encourage them to read the word and to pick this up and to make it an example. But once they come to a point, you have to choose for yourself. And they still have to choose for themselves to allow God to use that in their lives and grow them. Don't be afraid of God's word and think, oh, well, it may cut me and it may get, no, guess what it's going to do? It's not cutting you. It's cutting the flesh so that the best of you can come out. It's trying to let the best of you shine brightly because it reflects the best of who he is. And that's the key. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're good and you are faithful and you are true. And God, we choose to stand, God, today and say that we will live by and die by the sword. That we're not afraid, God. We're not afraid to dig in deep and allow you to reveal in us and reflect by your word. God, I pray that each person in here would choose, God, to train themselves in self-discipline daily. In their word, God, by your spirit, that their flesh would no longer control them, God, but the word of God would be what reflects in them and that the light of you would be seen to all men. I thank you, God, for this armor. I thank you, God, that you chose to give us this weapon that is so great, God. Let us choose to hide it in our hearts. And thank you for being a good father to us by equipping us with all good things. We praise you and we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen.